Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the topic we're going to talk about. Uh, thank you for your son uh, and everything that uh, he gives us. We lift this up in your name. Amen. So for those who don't know who I am, I am David Ivey. I am the student pastor here at Polaris, uh, and I love what we get to talk about today because we're going to talk about one of the most important things uh, in the world of Christianity, and that is forgiveness. Before we get there, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very excited for Thursday. So you have Christmas, and you have Easter, and right in the middle you have the start of baseball season. And all is right in the world, which means it's, it's better than the, the you know, groundhog. Like the groundhog, I don't trust. I know spring is here when baseball's here. But the cool thing about being a part of 2019 and, and all the, the things that we can do now is if we ever want to know who hit the most home runs or who did this stat, we can pretty much find that or any information we would ever want on a little device called Google. And I wish I had Google when I was in high school because may have bumped some grades up. Uh, but it's an amazing thing. So if like you, you know, if your wife is shopping and you're kind of hanging out or, or you're in a dentist office before you go see that dentist and your, your, your child's going to get finished with a practice, who doesn't sit and pull out your phone and Google random things? Because why not? And one thing if you Google, and it's kind of entertaining, is if you Google famous last words, you're going to come up with all kinds of things like these. Yankee great Joe DiMaggio, his last words is, I f I'll finally get to see Marilyn. For those who know, Marilyn Monroe was his ex-wife, and I guess happy to see her afterwards. Uh, Pablo Picasso said, drink to me, drink to health. You know I can't drink anymore. And the NFL great coach Vince Lombardi turned to his wife and sweetly said, happy anniversary, I love you. And the WWE Hall of Famer, the ultimate warrior... You are the ultimate warrior, fans. The spirit of the ultimate warrior goes through you and runs forever. Where? Okay, better than last service. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, we're going to continue to talk about famous last words. And Alex started us off last week. Uh, we're going to talk about the last words of Jesus. The last words as he hung on the cross. The last words as he, he died for us. And how impactful the things that he had to say then are to us today. And he kicked off uh, our series last week talking about when Jesus says, Why have you forsaken me? And Alex said last week, many of us feel like all hope is lost and that God is no longer there. But that's simply never the case. And this morning we're going to continue the series. And here is the word of, words of Jesus Shortly after he is officially on the cross, and it comes from Luke 23, 34, it says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, we all have someone in our life that needs forgiving. And we have people in our life that maybe we have offended and that we need forgiveness from? And those are the two questions I really want you to wrestle with this morning. Who do you need to forgive? And who do you need to seek forgiveness from? And I personally believe no matter where you are in your, in your walk with God, where you are in the, in the scope of life at your job, that this 
message is for you. It can and does apply to you. See, Jesus, when he was on earth and through his ministry, he talked a lot about forgiveness. Throughout his time on earth, he really driven home that forgiveness is truly the key. And truly, it's between who we need to forgive and who's forgiving us. And the rest of this morning, we're going to dive into a parable of Jesus that I find very fascinating and, and has a lot of great information for us this morning about forgiveness. Now, Jesus did this really awesome thing when he was alive. He would take these big God concepts and he would boil them down into stories. And those stories would help you understand things that were, are really outside the realm of our true understanding. And so I love that Jesus uses that technique to teach us. And he still does today as we read through Matthew 18, starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began, began the settlement... A man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was unable to pay, the master ordered he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. Now, you got to understand something in Jesus' time. If you owed money to somebody or an organization, they could take everything you had, throw you in prison, or worse, puts you and your whole family into slavery. So having a debt in that time was a very scary thing. Verse 26. At this, the servant fell to his knees before the master and said, Be patient with me. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him canceled the debt, and let him go. Cool. The master cancels the debt. And I'm sure the servant is ecstatic because not only did he cancel a debt, he saved him from a life of prison or a life of slavery. And he was probably overexcited that he was now free. And I think when it comes to forgiveness, especially for me, so I am completely okay with how unfair forgiveness is when I'm the one being forgiven. I am completely fine if it goes to my favor, even if it's not fair. And I think we all can relate with that. When our spouse says, don't worry about that thing you said last night, for forgotten. When your employers don't fire you for making a huge mistake. When your neighbor lets you off the hook for dropping the ball because he forgot to pick them up from the airport. Whatever it is, we are okay when forgiveness is unfair if it's in our favor. And so I think we can learn two important lessons for the first part of the story. The first lesson is this. The debtor can't always repay you. Scholars say that the servant would have owed the master in our currency somewhere in the billions of dollars. So amount of money that he could never pay, repay in his lifetime, and most likely the lifetime of all his children. So that's a huge debt. And so often in life, 
A debtor can't repay you. And there's times that we can't repay a debt. And I'm not talking about a mortgage. I'm not talking about a car payment. And I'm not talking about the five easy payments for the ShamWow that you ordered at three in the morning because you were awake. I'm talking about sin. Jesus paid the ultimate price for a debt that we could never pay, repay in our lifetime or the lifetime of our children's children's children. But he chose forgiveness. And there are many people in your life that are a debtor to you for something that they can never repay. Maybe you had confidence in a friend and you told them something very important and they were supposed to keep it themselves, but for some reason they let it slip. Or they sillily put it on social media and now it's there for everyone to see. Or you get into a, an argument with a coworker or a neighbor um, and you, you say some things that are, are hurtful that you would never have said if you were calm. But you can no longer take those back because they're said. The first thing we have to understand is that some debts just can't be repaid. You can't fix it. You can't turn back the clock. You can't unsay it. You can't undo it. It's out there. It happened. So when I was 19 years old, I worked for a, um, a roofing company. We had a friend of our, at our church who uh, did roofing, and, and he saw that I was a big, strapping young man, and they said, hey, we can use you to lift heavy things. I go, sure, I need money for college. So I started working for them, and there's two things he learned about me really quick. The first thing is when it comes to the art of construction, I don't have that. I, I, I don't make birdhouses, and most of the time I'm just lucky I don't make it worse. But he learned the art of destruction. I'm at the master class. I can, I can knock down anything you ask me to and rip it apart, and, and it will never be fixed. And, and, and so he learned that that's something that I do well. So he put me part of the wrecking crew, and, and so we would go out and we would tear the, the old roof off the roofs, and he would come back around with his crew to put the new roof on. And so that was my job for, for two summers. And so the first summer, about halfway through, uh, mid-July, and I got to a point where I was pretty good. I didn't need supervision, and so my boss sent me on a job ahead of him. He was going to finish up a roof. He wanted me to tear down a smaller house. I said, that's fine. So I get to the work site, and it's in a neighborhood where all the houses kind of look the same. You're ahead of me. <laughs> and so I climb my ladder, and I get to work, and I am, I'm going. I'm, it's, a, it's a great day. A third of the roof is off. I'm like, he's going to come and say, Dave, great job. And I heard my boss yell my name. I'm like, oh, he's got to be excited. Oh, then I saw his face. And, and there's more shades of reds in his face in that moment than I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. I did something wrong. And I go, what's going on? He goes, you ever seen League of Their Own where Tom Hanks is like yelling at the girl but trying to keep composure? He says, next time throw off the cutoff guy. Well, he was trying to keep his composure with me and then he didn't. And he says, you realize you now owe me a $10,000 bill? I'm like, no. He goes, he's gonna go, just go home. And I'm like, oh, without pay, right? He's like, without pay. 
so I went home and I was, I was a mess. I mean, I, I was, you know, I'm a 19 year old kid. I'm about to go to college. All I think is now I owe this guy $10,000. There's no way I'm going to be able to pay this off and go to college. I have no clue what to do. So he called me that night and says, meet me at the, the job site, 7 o'clock, we got to talk. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, do I go? <laughs> do I just run for it? I go, nah, I better go. So, so I go and, and he sits me down and goes, listen, you understand you didn't do the right thing, right? I'm like, yes, I do. He goes, uh, we have insurance. It's going to cover it. You're fine. And to this day, I think back about that 19-year-old me and a debt that I could never repay, especially at that time, and how thankful I am for that grace. Some debts we can't pay back. And there are some debts to us that no one can pay back to us. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to seek forgiveness from? So that's our first part, this first lesson of this this story. The second lesson is this. The offended can always show mercy. Just like my boss did, just like the master did to the servant. They cleared the debt. And as a follower of Jesus, he desperately wants you to show mercy to those who have offended you. He desperately wants us to show mercy to people who, who, who may have made you mad. And it's so important for us to understand that point. And here's an interesting aspect about forgiveness. So often, the person who has offended us doesn't know they actually offended us. Or they don't know the severity of the offense. It could be as small as not being invited to a party or as big as, as, as breaking someone's heart. And you may not know that you've hurt someone's feelings. And that person isn't living with the burden that you are. That person is not living thinking about that moment as much as you are. They're not reliving it as much as you are in your heart. And they're not hurting as much as you. See, when we show mercy... It sets us both free. It frees that person who isn't thinking about that thing, and it frees you to continue to move on and live with that peace that only God can give. Jesus wants us to show mercy because mercy sets us free. And so this, this first half of the story, we could probably end it there, and it's good, awesome Wonderful. Forgiveness, clear debt, that is something that we all can root for. Once again, we are always fine when it's unfair and we're still favorable when it comes to forgiveness. But Jesus continues his story. Verse 28 of Matthew 18. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow fellow servant fell to his knees and begged, Be patient with me. I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he said he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. When the master called the servant in, he said, You wicked servant, 
I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back what he'd owned. And then Jesus puts an exclamation point on this story in verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I believe Jesus ended this story with this point for a purpose. Because Jesus knew that unforgiveness puts you in a prison. When you do not forgive somebody, you don't find peace and healing with that person. It puts you in a prison. It puts you with a weight on your shoulder. It puts you in a position where you're always a little angry. Have you had unforgiveness in your heart for so long that you've just learned to live with it? Are you in a prison? We always think when it comes to forgiveness that it's going to benefit the other person, the person who's hurt us, the person who's wronged us. But the truth is forgiveness benefits you as well because it sets you free. Forgiveness unlocks the prison door. Forgiveness allows you to live without that anger and bitterness and hatred in your heart anymore. I want you to understand something too, and I want to pause right here just for a second. I know that some of you have relationships in your life that have hurt you deeply. I understand there are people who have done things to you that have left scars that are so deep, you may never forget them. And what do you do with that? What do you do when it's that big? Maybe you grew up with abusive parents. Someone who hits you day in and day out. How do you get over that? Maybe you married someone who, who's cheated on you and broken your heart. How do you forgive that? Maybe you've had a family member who was hit by a drunk driver. How do you forgive that person? Or you had a kid who grew up with being abused by a teacher. How do you forgive that? Or a boss or a coach or a friend or a spouse or a family member who constantly reminds you that you are a loser, that you're never going to be anything, that you are a failure and you're not going to make it. How do you live when a teacher looks you in the eye and says, you are worthless? How do you forgive that person? I'm going to tell you right now, it's not easy. I'm going to tell you, it's hard. Because the issue is, when we think of forgiving the other person, for some reason, we connect that we have to have a relationship with that person. Like, if we forgive them, we're giving them permission to come back into our lives to do more damage. And the thing is, is there are some relationships in your life that will never be healed. They'll never grow again. But that doesn't mean there can't be forgiveness. I understand this very well. I grew up in an abusive household with an abusive father. Physically, emotionally, immensely, all that stuff. And as I grew up in my young 20s, 
when people would ask me this question about the Jesus thing, I struggled. Because I didn't want to give up. I, I gave up my, my, my bitterness. I didn't want to give up my anger. But the closer I've grown to Jesus, the closer I've gone to the cross, the more freedom I've, that has come into my life when I've forgiven others. There is a freedom that happens when you lay that burden, that bitterness, that anger, and that hurt at the foot of the cross. There is freedom and joy that God has attended you to have since day one that happens when we give it up. Because I tell you this, Jesus looks at your heart and your life and the thing that was done to you, and he is saddened for you and his heart breaks that you had to journey through that. But he has something else for you than anger, hurt, and bitterness. So I have a challenge for you today. Regardless if you're the person who's been, who's been hurt or you're the person who is seeking forgiveness from somebody, I want you to start to pray for that person. And the prayer needs to be something positive, not please let oncoming traffic come their way. Uh, or please let fill in the blank you can't say at church. Um, make it positive. God, heal whatever's happened. Lord, help me find forgiveness in this person. Help me not think of that person for a second and not want to hurt them. Whatever it may be, find a positive thing to pray for the person who's harmed you. And if you're the person who's hurt someone's feelings, your prayer needs to be, God, help me find a way to bring peace to that person I've hurt. Help me find a way that I can somehow bridge the gap that I've built between us and them. And then put it on repeat. Because it's not going to happen the first time. You're not going to pray this prayer and go, okay, everything is great. No, you need to repeat it over and over and over again until you get to a point where you're saying, God, I pray this person is living a great life and knows you as well as I know you. But I tell you, it's not easy. It's going to be one of the hardest lessons you'll ever learn when it comes to following Jesus. Because unforgiveness holds us in a prison. And when we choose not to forgive and not to seek forgiveness, we're hurting ourselves. The good news of all this is, is we're not doing this alone. In fact, we can't do this alone. We can't do this without the cross. Without the cross, this doesn't happen. Without the cross, there is no forgiveness. Without the cross, we can never find that peace and joy that God promises us. Here's what Paul has to say in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, When the perishable has been clothed with the unperishable, and the mortal with immortality then the, the saying that was written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of the sin is law. But thanks be to God, he has given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Christ. Jesus was hanging on a cross. And the first words he says is, forgive them. He wasn't saying it in a beautiful church. He wasn't saying it at the mountainside. He wasn't saying it surrounded by people who believed and loved him. He was saying it after he was beaten to a pulp, a crown of thorns shoved in his head, lied to and told lies about. He was at his weakness. And then he was nailed to a tree. And the first thing that he says is, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. If you choose forgiveness, it sets you free. And so often we, we try to forget it. We try to forget it happened. We try to manage the pain. We try to push it aside. We try to tell ourselves that we'll never come across that person who's offended us again. And instead of going to the cross, we're pulled down by our cross. But forgiveness doesn't happen without Jesus. Because without the cross, without his forgiveness, it's over. But thanks be to God that he chose the cross. He chose forgiveness. The band's going to come up. and They're going to play one last song this morning. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to seek forgiveness from? This may be one of the hardest steps you will take in your faith. This may be one of the hardest things you'll have to do when you, you come to the cross. The forgiving from a, a Savior is the easy part. But finding forgiveness in our own lives is the hard part. But we have victory. The cross that was meant to kill our Savior gives us the victory and the strength because he chose forgiveness. And when we choose forgiveness, we are set free. Let's pray. Dear God, forgive me and help me forgive the people that I have hurt. Lord, help me find healing in relationships that I have wronged. God, help us come to you when we are broken up about something that has been done to us. And help us find your joy and your peace and your freedom. Let us no longer live in the prison of unforgiveness, but rather in the freedom of your forgiveness. We lift this up in your name. Amen.